Thanks for listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces, where we take a deeper look at the issues and people shaping our community and our country. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. So it's our last show of the year. 2022 has really been something. Usually, of course, I'd be here with the one and only Jeff Simmons to ring out the old year, ring in the new, but we finally convinced the hardest working man in radio to take a break for once. So he's hopefully off enjoying a little rest and relaxation before we start fresh in 2023. We miss you, Jeff, and Happy New Year wherever you are. So lots going on in the world. But before we get into today's show, Jeff and I in absentia, I just want to take a moment to remind you that WBAI appreciates your help during this holiday season and all year round. So here's a brief reminder about why your contribution matters to us so much right now. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. And I'm Jeff Simmons. We host Driving Forces here on WBAI. We bring you thoughtful conversations about what really matters to New Yorkers on politics and public policy. And we make time to hear from you, our listeners, not just during the holidays, but all year round. To keep these critical conversations on the air, we need your help. From now until New Year's, we're building up our funds to pay rent on our broadcast tower at Four Times Square. Go to towerfund.wbai.org today to help us keep free speech radio alive in the greatest city in the world. That's towerfund.wbai.org. It's easy to donate. It only takes a minute. Just go to towerfund.wbai.org. And remember, your contribution is tax deductible. WBAI is getting its financial house in order. Help us keep our signal as strong and as clear as our commitment to bringing you the best in news, music, and culture. Give to WBAI this holiday season. Be heard. Again, thank you so very much for supporting WBAI. It's been a real pleasure and a privilege to be here with you on Driving Forces for more than four years now. Please go to WBAI.org today to support the Tower Fund. You still have a couple more days to get that generous contribution in before the end of the 2022 tax year. WBAI.org and thanks. So I think we all know it's been a super newsy year. Lots going on in the country and in the world. The pandemic has kept grinding on and now we have the triple-demic of COVID, flu, and RSV. There's the ongoing war in Ukraine, catastrophic hurricanes, blizzards, the overturning of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court. We've been witness to the ongoing drama with Twitter and Elon Musk, the implosion, apparently, of cryptocurrency, the death of Queen Elizabeth II, and the seemingly endless saga, well, I don't know, endless, we'll see, of Donald Trump and his many legal problems. Just today, of course, we heard the sad news of the death of the Brazilian king of soccer, Pele, after his diagnosis 
diagnosis with colon cancer. And as someone who has dealt with people very close to me having to fight this disease, even within the past year, I just want to take one moment here before we get started with the program to urge you, get a colonoscopy if you are 45 or older. It used to be 50, but the guidelines have changed because of the epidemic of colon cancer diagnoses. I know a lot of us put off many kinds of medical appointments and screenings because of the pandemic over the last couple of years. And I know the idea of colonoscopy is not pleasant, but it is nowhere near as unpleasant as dealing with the fallout of not doing everything you can to protect yourself as much as possible against a disease like colon cancer, which can be detected in the earliest stages with a simple test. Do it for your family. Do it for yourself. Please get tested. So with that said, we're going to move on and focus on some of the year's biggest news stories, politically and otherwise, right here in New York, from Mayor Eric Adams, Governor Kathy Hochul, to crime, midterms, much, much more. And to do that, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest. And this is someone, of course, who is no stranger to New York politics and certainly no stranger to WBAI and driving forces. Herson Barrera is somebody I've known for probably too many years to count. You know him from his work as a political commentator on New York One and New York One Noticias. He is a journalist whose career spans everything from being political editor and host of Estudio DC to his extensive work in radio to his time at City and State, El Diario, and more. He's going to be calling in special from Puerto Rico to be here with us today. And just a little later in the show, he's going to be taking your calls. So without further ado, Herson Barrero, welcome back to WBAI, if you're there or if I'm there. Okay, I guess we are still working on getting Herson on the line. As I said, he will be calling in from Puerto Rico. And so he will be on the... Herson, is that you? Yes, this is me. I'm on the line. I'm listening to every word you're saying, and you still haven't said anything nasty about me. Not yet. (laughs) Oh, I know. Well, you got to give me more than three seconds. But I would never say anything nasty about a guy who calls in from Puerto Rico during the holidays to be with us here on Driving Forces. So happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Feliz Navidad to everyone. I'm calling from my homeland, my island nation in the Caribbean. It's a small piece of, of terrain in an archipelago, but it, it's with love. I'm with family. I feel right at home. I feel like the Coqui, which is the national treasure. We have a national treasure, a orchestra of Coqui. Those of you that know what the Coqui is, a small little animal with a lot strong voice. And my voice, like most New Yorkers, is strong, like you, Celeste, like Reggie there, my brother, who I just saluted and said hello to. I wish you were here to enjoy what God has given nature, what nature has given us. Sometimes it punishes, but I'm glad to be with you. I wouldn't miss this for the world. Year-end wrap-up. Let's get to it. You ask me any questions. If not, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to start hitting everybody now. Okay, well, so... (laughs) So, well, the first one, let's start out really, really, really big picture, and then we can go into some of the details. 2022, keep it or throw it out? I would keep part of it. I can't say throw it completely out. We've uh, had some real successes in terms of our health, the fact that we're still here alive. Every day counts. If we wake up, open our eyes, those of us that are still, it's for a reason. Nobody lives forever, but those of us that are still living, You know, you just find your spot in what has to be done to correct and make the world better and take on these abusers and the people that are really toxic people. So to me, that's a positive thing every day that I wake up. So those of you that are standing, that are healthy, that have survived COVID, they're surviving some of the other things that are 
poisonous in our atmosphere in the world. The fact that we're going to live to see Putin go down somehow and that we're going to see Donald J. Trump and somehow be presented with charges, criminal charges. I mean, how can life be any better in 2022? It's going to get there. I hope so. I mean, and certainly you're talking about, you know, I see on your Twitter feed, I see you out there in the world talking about some stuff. You know, we are lucky to be alive, but some of the stuff that we've been looking at this year, probably a little bit more on the questionable side. And I'm just going to start out with a really juicy one because I know in my heart you have a few things to say about that. A certain... uh Congressman-elect George Santos. Perhaps you've heard of this guy. I was wondering if you had any opinions on on this this gentleman who may apparently uh, have slightly embellished some of his uh, uh, career highlights and even his own personal background in uh, getting elected to Congress from uh, from Long Island. What, what do you think of this? Well, it's not really Santos. It's Shantos. I mean, because he's just a sham. He's just a liar, a fraud. Uh, I mean, this is the most despicable person. And I thought that we had seen everything capable of belonging or calling themselves a Republican, part of the Republican Party. This is a MAGA at, it, at, at, at the optimum in, in terms of negativity. Uh, I mean, how can you go to the people and outright lies, not little white lies, which most politicians unfortunately feel comfortable with telling all of us, especially voters, and then we find out. I mean... This guy has, I mean, tore down every, every, every mark that you can say is, belongs to a decent person. I mean, how can he even think that he would get away with this? I've got to tell you, uh, I, I don't know how they do it, how they deal with him in Congress, but I am not so focused on him because if there's any criminal charges, there is at least a federal probe and there's something local that can be done by the local DA or Republican who happens to be, there should be something that goes further. And when you're evaluating this, evaluate the New York State Republican Party and, and those, those MAGA believers, those Trump supporters that believe that this is, the kind, this is what the Republican has turned, turned out to be, and this is a great criteria. This is the kind of candidate that they want to put forth for the people to pay their salaries and their health insurance, a fraudster. I just hope that if he actually can be brought up on criminal charges, that it does happen. And if it doesn't happen, that he's taken somewhere else where he can actually uh, do some good for somebody in a federal penitentiary. Uh, this is just incredible stuff, Orson Barrero. And as you say, I think you make an important point. You know, working in politics, consuming news about politics, or being involved, participating in politics in New York, you know, after a while, you really feel like you have seen it all. I mean, you know, you're a guy and I'm a guy who covered Elliot Spitzer, Shelley Silver, uh, Anthony Weiner, Joe Bruno, Vito Lopez. Like the list just goes on and on and on. But I mean, this is a guy, I mean, he, he claimed to be Jewish, but he wasn't Jewish. He claimed to have worked at Goldman Sachs. He claimed to have graduated from college. I mean, who do you, you know, it, it's, you know, Certainly, there is no limit to the amount of responsibility that he bears for having uh, projected this image that's, you know, not true or not truthful. But uh, do you have any blame for anybody else? Should should the press, should we have done more to vet this guy? Should voters have been more skeptical? I mean, you know, is there anybody you should point the finger at here? 
Well, definitely the press cannot be exempted from this. We did a poor job, the political reporters, uh, people who actually interviewed him, people who actually, I think there was at least two debates, and I think that this is atrocious. The fact that we have people, either because of their lack of knowledge or those that are in a position to know better, who are more senior persons at uh, desks of newspapers and of radio stations and television stations, this is really irresponsible to not have vetted this person. Certainly the media cannot escape the fact that while we report about him now and we're, you know, just wiping the floor with him, if it's possible, because he's so dirty that he'll dirty up any place that he touches. But the fact is the press fell really short on this one. It's disgraceful. The GOP, Grand Old Party, or the state Republican Party in New York State, and those uh, people who have been around to see corruption and now trying to mold or say or focus on something else, uh, this is not the party of the, for example, uh, you know, George Pataki, who he may be a Republican. As an independent, I can tell you, and as a journalist and, a, and as a columnist, I've got to tell you, he's the last decent reporter, I mean, uh, decent uh, Republican that I can remember in covering state politics or the, or the Republican Party of New York State. Having said that, I think that there's something to be said also for voters. Voters are just accepting people. I've been of the mind, and I think that you've read my posting on this, and I've said it many times, it's been for years, that we should actually have an uh, application for people who want the job to hold, whether it's at the city council, a state legislature, state senator running for Congress, or for mayor, or for county executive. They should fill out a job application. They should be vetted before they even start collecting signatures. The process is flawed. And I think that this is living proof of the fact that anybody, certainly this is the sham of a, of a person, we don't even know if he's wanted, if we're reading it correctly and the reporting is done, that he even uh, is right now by the Justice Department, by the justice um, system in, in Brazil, that he has uh, some criminal things that he has to answer for. So we... And we can elect the person who outright makes this all up. This is like watching some kind of movie. I mean, not even Hollywood could come up with this. We're speaking to Herson Barrero, political commentator. This is Driving Forces on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live via WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. And Herson, I was going to bring up another guy. While we're on the subject of crime, New York City, you know, we talked a lot about crime this year. We saw some really shocking things, things in the subway, things on the street. And I know you might have a couple of things to say about uh, Mayor Eric Adams and his positioning on how well he has done, you know, the grade he has given himself. I believe it was a quote unquote solid B plus on his first year in office. You, uh, do you think he deserves a B plus? Well, the B stands for something, but it's not a grade that I can actually say. It's a BS. He has a, an A on BS. This guy, you know, it, you know what's disgraceful about Eric Adams wanting this job so bad? not getting the majority uh, or the uh, even 50% of Democrats, as registered Democrats, of which I'm not, I'm not registered, I'm an independent, I don't vote in primary, I don't believe in political parties, I believe in the power of the voter in terms of that we can exercise that vote. But it's disgraceful to see Eric Adams, he's playing the fool. He gets a big F because he has lived up to what people perceive of him, 
of being foolish. I mean, the swagger thing. I call them senior swagger with a, the swagger with a small s. I don't want to, you know, people with real swagger, I don't want to be offensive to them. I mean, in what brain, in, in what capacity, what criteria does Eric Adams give himself a B? If anything, he's got to be eating humble pie. He missed on the one thing, you know, he's a cop. Let's face it. You know, he's a cop and he will die a cop. He's been a cop. And that's all. Once you're a police officer, you can, especially in, in the NYPD, you cannot be anything else. And he looks at things that way. He came in promising things that he, on, on day one, he'd hit the ground and he'd be able to deal with crime because he knew it from the bottom up. He was in the subway system. He was a transit cop. He's been out on the street. He made it all the way to captain, by the way, without a command, which some people, again, the press, they didn't emphasize enough, that he never had a command. And most captains actually have commands or the command of a precinct. So Eric has fallen short on so many levels. What is really disgusting and I find reprehensible are those people, in particularly black, my black brothers and sisters in the civil rights movement, leadership in New York City, some of them, including our former um, uh, governor, the accidental governor, David Patterson, who is comparing him to David Dinkins. You cannot compare David Dinkins and um, Eric Adams in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, David Dinkins knew what he was doing. He broke ground. I think he's setting back by even being mentioned as, as, as equal to David Dinkins. It's disgraceful. Uh, he doesn't understand in the history of what he does, what he's been doing, what he's promised. He just thinks that by having the title of mayor, that, you know, GSD, that, that you know, getting stuff done. He doesn't. I, look, if, if I had to give him a grade, and I was going to be fair, a C minus, but I give him a full D, earned a D. And if he's not careful, by the way, he hasn't had the full year, so I don't know how he's counting the full year. The most recent thing, and, and you know, I, I despise as a Puerto Rican, that he would use, as a black man, use the white press, all the white press is coming out. He said, press is doing their job, dude. You know, grow a pair, you know, backbone. is built into something so that you can accept the fact that you have not been a success. As, as, is the press not fair? They're not fair to any mayor. You know that, Celeste. Reggie knows this. He's seen it. And as he's listening to me, I mean, this is, who is he conning? I think that there are people in this community, especially in the borough of Brooklyn, the great Brooklynites who have made history, uh, you know, that they're, they're looking at him and say, what are you talking about? You're just acting like a fool. You're being stupid. Yes, I'm saying that Eric Adams is being stupid in his first year as mayor because he knows better. He is a man of character and he's demonstrated nothing but to be a crybaby. Well, Harrison Barrero, when uh, when we have the call segment in just a little bit, you can tell me how you really feel. But uh, sure. let me ask you before we get to the callers, and we're going to open up the phone lines very soon. But before we go to the callers, you know, as a as a historian, really, of New York politics, how do you feel about Adams sort of at this point in his career? First year, maybe still getting his legs, although he's been in government a long time, compared to de Blasio, compared to Mike Bloomberg, a guy I know you had undying admiration for, you know. How does he stack up compared to his predecessors? <laughs> well, nobody can say that I was a fan of Bill de Blasio. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't wait. I had a countdown, and I'm glad that he couldn't even, he had to pull out a congressional seat because we've had enough of Bill de Blasio. 
I'm an equal opportunity offender. Most New Yorkinos know better. When, you know, Mike Bloomberg once said, it was in 2016 that he said that he, New York, New Yorkers can see a con when they see him coming down the street. He was referring to Donald Trump and all his misdeeds and, and all the things that he did wrong. So he said that in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Still with us? Still with us, Herson? I'm having a little, a little bit of a, uh, a down moment here in the sound. I don't know if we need to pick Herson back up if we lost the call, but we are actually, uh, at this point, I think that, uh, I think that we are going to get him back in just a moment. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Celeste Katz Marston and we are running down the biggest stories of 2022 with political commentator extraordinaire Herson Barrero. Jeff Simmons will be back with us in the new year. Just want to give you a reminder while we're dealing with getting Getting our, our man, our correspondent in Puerto Rico back on the line. Uh, please visit WBAI.org today to give as generously as you can to the Tower Fund to keep our signal vibrant and strong in 2023 and beyond. That is WBAI.org. We have just a couple of days here left in 2022 and want to remind you that your contribution to WBAI is tax deductible. You can write off your gift right on your taxes. So get in under the deadline. Get in before for December 31st and uh, make your mark here on WBAI. Help us stay vibrant and strong for another 60 years of non-commercial, non-corporate, independent, free speech radio. So actually, while we are working on getting Herson back on the line, this is probably a good moment to take a little break. This is Driving Forces on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. Now it is hopefully going to be time for you to weigh in on the air. 212-209-2877 will be the number to call. Uh, 212-209-2877 is the number to call. Give us a call. Hopefully, Herson Barrero will be on the line with us shortly uh, to answer your questions about what were the biggest news stories of 2022 and, and your predictions for 2023. What was the best thing that happened to you in 2022? Any good news out there? What was your biggest story of 2022? 2022 in New York or elsewhere. What do you expect in 2023? 212-209-2877 is our studio line. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. We'll be right back.
The great Tito Puente here on WBAI. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, and we are rejoined by the one, the only, Herson Barrera. He cannot be stopped. Herson, welcome back to Driving Forces. Well, thank you, Celeste. And I was dancing as I was waiting to be. I got Tito Puente plenty of times. I play, I dance that live and in so many clubs in New York. So we, miss, we really miss, but that's a great version of you know, oye, como va? By the way, while we yeah. were five minutes into our into a conversation, I'm in Caguas, Puerto Rico. That's C as in Charlie, A-G-U-A-S, Caguas, Puerto Rico. And in Caguas, there was a, in the area that I'm at, my sister-in-law's house, there was a big bang, an explosion. It must be a transformer or something. We're without power right now. I'm in the dark, but I was dancing to Tito Puente, you see what I'm saying? We're alive. You can't make this up, man. You can't make this up, Celeste. Reggie, oh my God. Reggie, this is real, brother. <laughs> Breaking I, news. I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Breaking okay. news out of Puerto Rico. Our man on the scene, Herson Barrero with the eyewitness account. If you want to talk to this man, 212-209-2877 is the number to call. Call in 212-209-2877. What is your biggest story of 2022? Did anything good come out of this year? It can't be all bad news, right? What is in your crystal ball for New York 2023? 212-209-2877. We're going to go to the, the phones right now. WBA. AI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, from New York City. Yeah, um, he, he did a lot of talking about this mayor and that mayor, but a lot of fancy things, and I didn't hear any substance. Like, what, is, what about Adam's policies? What about homelessness, housing versus real estate, guns, and the, the police? And what about what were the policies of de Blasio that... Uh, upset you and of course he is no Jenkins so how did you see Jenkins thank you well first of all thank you for the call Uh, thank you for your call and and I've got to say that the comparison comes or talking about Eric I've known Eric for a long time since he was in in law enforcement since he had established 100 uh, blacks in law enforcement so it isn't come from a point of hey it comes from a point of disappointment. You say the homeless. The homeless crisis does not belong to Eric Adams. He did not invent it. But there were 162, and you can check this, so that's why we're live, 162 adults and young children, you can go on, in New York City, that at some point in the year of 2022, his first year in office, were actually slept either in a homeless shelter or on the street. If I'm wrong in that figure, correct me, so that's as I'm talking to your listener, who I know is concerned. What positive did he do? Well, very little. He, he did promise a lot. Now, the homelessness thing cannot be attributed to him, but he certainly has not improved it. This thing about, which is, right, really, let's go to the, the, the problem with this. His heart may be in the right place, but he as a police officer, as a cop who was on the beat, expecting the NYPD to also become judges of who is mentally capable or insane or a person who is under stress, or a person who could be a danger to themselves. How do you train a police officer like that on, on something like that? That's his policy. And remember, when he announces major policy after talking for maybe four weeks in advance to people, experts that he gathered at Gracie Mansion, he announces it. And what does he do? He announces it on the day and then on, on a 
Tuesday. He takes off, I think it was a Wednesday, correct me if I'm wrong, again, Celeste, uh, that he takes off and go to, goes to Greece for a conference on, on anti-Semitism. I don't think there's any place that knows anti-Semitism better than our brothers and sisters, the Jews in New York City. They can tell you volumes. They can fill up anti-Semitism. So why does he have to go to Greece? And then he goes to Quetar, a repressive regime. He enters the World Cup, and he goes under the pretense that he's going to learn something from the World Cup in four years. Um, how can he be so foolish that we're going to believe that the World Cup, the next World Cup, which is going to be shared by New Jersey and New York State, that he would be around even to that? That's so presumption on his part. The other thing is that he gets annoyed because he asked for a job. Nobody offered him the job. He went and fought for a job. Democrats gave him a slim margin. They made him the nomination. And then he doesn't want to be questioned on anything. Housing policy. Do you feel that housing is any better, ma'am? I don't know where you're calling from or where you live or how much you're paying rent or if you know you own your own home. But if you tell me that things are better now than when he took over and he was sworn in on January 1st, 2022, please share with us the formula that you feel that he's accomplished something. I cannot judge anything right now because he's still, it's the first year he's still in his honeymoon, the aggressive one, the one that's defensive is him. He even brought up his mama. He's saying that his mama's death caused him to be depressed. And he had to go away of all places not to see some person that could help him mentally with his depression. He went to the Caribbean to wherever, I mean, come on now. Are we fools? New Yorkers are not fools. And then he gets upset at the press, not because he's not entitled to a free day. It was on the heels of a major storm, a bomb, as they called it, uh, according to the weather people, the experts on that. So are you going to tell me that we should accept that? I mean, I'm Herson Borrero, a private individual. Yes, I'm a journalist. Yes, I'm a commentator. And I took off. We had our thing scheduled. We left New York before on the 20th. But Eric Adams to disappear? He hasn't even had the decency or the humanity to say, you know, the people in Buffalo who happen to be a large, large population of black brothers and sisters up there to say, you know what, we can spare 20, 25 or 30 trucks and sanitation and send some snowplows to remove them. He hasn't done it, neither has Governor Hoko, which we haven't spoken about, which I'm not too thrilled with her either. <laughs> You're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz Marston. Our guest today, of course, is Herson Barrero, the well known and much opinionated political commentator. If you need opinions, he has got them. 212 209 2877. 212 209 2877 is the number to call. What do you think of uh, Eric Adams' first year? Do you think he's doing a decent job? Or would you like to see him do something differently? What do you think he's going to do next year? And Harson, to your point, our, our uh, fearless engineer here, uh, Reggie, has mentioned he, he wants to uh, give you or confirm, I should say, uh, what you were saying about homelessness. So he's sending me stats that say a near record, uh, just over 22,000 single adults slept in shelters each night in October 2022. Over the course of fiscal 2022, uh, more than 102,000 uh, different 
homeless adults and children slept in DHS shelters. And that included nearly 30,000 homeless kids. So uh, certainly something for people to be concerned about, certainly something that the mayor should be concerned about. And I'm sure he would tell you, given that he gave himself a solid B plus for his performance in the almost first full year of his administration, uh, that he's doing okay. 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. And uh, Harson, you mentioned that we have haven't talked about Kathy Hochul, but we sure can. What do you think of uh, what she is doing or not doing as governor? Well, first of all, look, she made history. She was fully duly elected. Uh, I'm not impressed with how she performed in this storm. It wasn't like it was an unknown factor that New York State would be one of the area's hardest hit, right? And Buffalo is her home turf. This is for her her bed. This is where she actually has lived all her life, and she can't even save the people that she knows. She can't even protect them. So what do we expect for the rest of the state? Unprepared. And she happens to be, remember, she has Catherine Garcia overseeing operations of the state. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. Catherine Garcia is the person who also ran for May 2021. She ran the sanitation department of New York City. So that, you, you know what? I'm, I'm connecting the dots here because we, I think, personally, my personal opinion is that stupid is in for 2023. Being stupid is a pre-qualifier for you to hold office. I, I cannot believe that they can con us and trick us and that we're going to be foolish enough to believe this nonsense. And far as Kathy Hochul, I did for the first time in 14 gubernatorial elections. Yes, I'm that old. I'm 72 years old. I voted in 14 New York State gubernatorial elections. And this one I skipped. I did not find either Lee Zeldin or Kathy Hochul worthy on my vote, even as a protest vote. One against the other. Lee Zeldin stands for the worst there is in the Republican Party in New York State and in this nation. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff run with the, with the Republican, and he embodied all of them in this race that we saw. And as far as Kathy Hochul, I don't trust her. I don't think she made the right choices for the two lieutenant governors, first with Brian Benjamin, who was a senator, and he wound up with all these lies also. And she just ran because she wanted to have a lieutenant governor in place which she didn't need to do according to New York's to, to the Constitution. She just could have left it open, and Andrew Stewart Cousins could have been that, and then she could have run somebody else. And then she, loses, uh, she, she chooses Antonio Delgado, a congressman who, by the way, is part of the problem of New York's delegation, Democratic majority, losing or helping to lose uh, with four seats that Republicans run by him moving himself out. And by the way, he is an out. And Bustero. and Bustero means a liar. I call him a liar, continue to call him a liar. He pretended to be a Puerto Rican because his name is first name Antonio Delgado. He was he was supporting even Lin Manuel Miranda, a great playwright from Hamilton. Lin Manuel Miranda even endorsed him, his father endorsed him. And every Puerto Rican thought he was Puerto Rican because he was a he lied also. So I think that it must be that again that stupid is in for twenty twenty three, but I think we're learning quickly that it isn't just uh, George Santos, there's so many liars in both parties. So my thing is, with Governor Hochul, if the book is still open, I don't know how she's going to do in her first full term. She was after the control freak Andrew Cuomo and all the problems he brought upon himself. But the fact is that, to me, it's still an open card. I don't know what to do, what to trust her. She makes two basic mistakes on the person that could probably take over. Should she die, she get sick, or be uh, arrested for something because that's possible. We, we've lived long enough to see all of this in New York State. So the lieutenant governor position becomes more and more important when he's passing 
Romney's out. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. Do you agree with our guest today, Herson Barrero, that stupid is in for 2023? We're going to go to the phones right now. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yo, what's good? I'm from uh, the Bronx. And my name is Tony. Yo, Dr. Marrero's dead on. He's hitting the nail on the head. Keep on. Don't stop. Get it, get it, Doc. I'm going to tell you something, Mr. Marrero. You couldn't be any more correct. Yo, what's up with this? Just running up on people and say, yo, I'm going to inject you because you look homeless. Yo, I'm, I'm a guy who worked for like 30 years for the city, but I don't like to get dressed up. And my hair is crazy or whatever. So you might say that, like, yo... I think you here discussing this BOGO that you came to get at, you know, buy one, get one free. The managers might say, like, no, this is finished. No, well, your flyer says we can still do it. So I'm here discussing it. They don't want to discuss it. Here come Popo rolling up on you, talking about this injection just for you. You can buy one of these and get one of these free, too. That's how they're going to look at it. That injection policy that he has, he seems like he loves injections anyhow because he was insisting that everybody get another type of injection. It turned out the court said, nah, not right. How you going to force people to say, Russia, calm down. And now he's going to say, we got to run up on people with psychiatric affiliates and just inject you just because you have a some sort of uh, disagreement on we deciding that you look loco. Nah, man. That, that ain't it. And what the thing is that it's only for someone who's homeless. That's for everybody. Just the minute you look odd or be odd or just decided that you're odd, and these people are bridge and tunnel people who don't even know how we get down and how we really look. They love to, without this green light, a nod from the mayor, like to run up on you and do that. This is great. I can just get back to the donut shop or whatever and just inject this cat and we good. No. Nah. So just this quick thing, and Ms. Hoka, wasn't she involved in something with a stadium or something that they're still trying to figure out? And anyhow, why she was enforcing that, too, just get shot up. And, like, the shots wasn't, like, leading down a yellow big road of money to gold or something. It was just, mm. just it wasn't out of love for us. And apparently the big shots are now agreeing. Yo, that's too much. Let's keep this okay. red, white, and blue. Well, thank you, you so, so much for your call. Really, really appreciate it. I want to give Ch- uh, Herson a chance to jump in here. Herson, I think that the, the, the upshot of, of, of that, uh, comment from apparently a very, very big fan of yours in the Bronx is a concern with, uh, involuntarily medicating people who are appear to be disturbed and and uh, uh taking you know taking the the government action to to get those people on meds i don't know if you have any thoughts on that one well the fact that the mayor admits to the fact uh, in answering or respond in responding to the press um and not attacking them directly that he needs some time because he was depressed i gotta tell you when he said that i was shocked and i said oh my god he's got problems now, is he going to submit to some kind of treatment that he will also see what his progress is? We should be concerned. This man is in charge of over a $100 billion budget that we have. So somehow, I, 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 I mean, it's, 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 look, I know people worry about the fact that a person can get sick and what the brother was saying from the Bronx. We have a mental crisis here in the city and in the nation and probably the world. But if our elected official, the number one person in one of the most, the hardest job, the second hardest job in the United States, which is being mayor of New York City, 
and he's claiming to be depressed, then I have a concern for that, for him as a person, as a human being, but also the fact that he's going to be making decisions. Can we really stop at that thought? If he laid that out, nobody brought it out. He brought it out. I think this should be this should cause concern for people right now heading our government. If the mayor of New York City said that he had to go away and take two days and that somehow his depression is over, that's some serious stuff. So, Herson Barrero, uh, any predictions as we are going to have to wind it up pretty soon? Although, believe me, I would love to spend the rest of the evening talking about this with you. We cannot get enough of your predictions here and your thoughts on uh, the landscape. But 2023, uh, we, what do you think for the mayor, for the city, for the pandemic, for the uh, the presidency, for Congress? Any Anything that's sort of jumping out at you right now that we should look for? Well, I put out four predictions. These are my own things. I predict that Kevin McCarthy will not be elected by the Republican majority. These are 218 votes. And then in his infinite wisdom, because he's as smart as they come, Representative Congressman Hakeem Jeffries has the votes among the Democrats. He will gather up another 10 votes and he will become, make history, becoming the first black speaker of the United States of America Congress. That I predict, I think it's going to happen. I feel it in my bones. I could be wrong, but I'm going to tell you one. I, I, got, I know nobody's thought about it. Nobody's talked about He needs to pick off some Republicans. He's a reasonable, intelligent, very bright, articulate person. Hakeem Jeffries, I predict, and we'll see it sooner or later. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think that's going to happen because the Republicans have demonstrated that they will eat each other up alive, and one has got to be more extreme as that. Kevin McCarthy will not get the 218 votes, and right now he should be counting votes. I hope he is, Hakeem Jeffries, not just to make Herson Borrero be right on the prediction that we are, which we would be so proud that he would, as we say in Spanish, we say in Puerto Rico, que le coma los dulces, that he eats their candy. How's that? <laughs> okay. I uh I think I think we're getting the message here and we will definitely look for you in the new year. Absolutely. Thank you so so much. Herson Barrero, where can people find out about you and your work if they want to hear more of your great predictions and find out if you were right that stupid, quote unquote, stupid is in for 2023. At Herson Barrero on Twitter is the best way you can watch me every Wednesday night politics panel, which is on Wednesday, and I've been doing it for now going on 19 years, Errol Lewis, my brother Errol Lewis, or as they call him Primo, call him cousin, so with Errol Lewis, and I'm on HITN, I do a weekly program nationwide, en español, at HITN, it's called Estudio DC, and I try to demystify what happens for a national audience, Latinos and Latinas throughout the nation, and I do it in Spanish, it's at 10 to 11 on Sunday morning at HITN, but you've got to be able to speak the number one language in the United States, the first language spoken in the United States, Español. But, you know, we do have some people that actually speak English, and I interview them, and then we have sometimes, Gracias, Celeste. God bless you. God bless WBI, the listeners, and everyone, New Yorkinos. Let us not be foolish. 2023, we cannot be stupid or make it a common threat for all of us. we got to be able to identify the stupid, because stupid is in for elected officials. Reggie, I will, take care, I will do my best. I will do Love my you too, best. Love you too, Tio. Take care, brother. All right. The best to all. See you next year, Celeste. Thanks for the invite. 
Thank you so much, and Happy New Year to you. You are listening to Driving Forces on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. We just spoke with that absolutely one-of-a-kind political commentator, Herson Barrero, about the biggest and best stories of 2022 and what lies ahead in 2023. That makes this the perfect time to remind you if you care about New York, if you care about free speech radio, if it means something to you to have a radio station that has these candid conversations about the history and the future of this city, please take a moment this holiday season to go to WBAI.org and lend your support. Here's a short message I put together to remind you one more time in 2022 that WBAI appreciates your tax-deductible donation to the Tower Fund. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, co-host of Driving Forces here on WBAI. No matter what this new year brings, we want you to know that you can count on WBAI to be your go-to for independent, non-commercial, free speech programming. Join the WBAI family and keep community radio alive by supporting the Tower Fund. Just go to WBAI.org. That's WBAI.org. Here at WBAI, we want to keep bringing you the best shows on politics, news, arts, music, and culture. To do that, we need your help. It costs us $17,000 a month to pay the rent on our broadcast tower at Four Times Square. Every dollar you give to the WBAI Tower Fund helps keep your favorite radio station on the air. Go to WBAI.org to help today. Please don't wait to give as generously as you can. You know these times are too important. It only takes a minute to help. Just go to WBAI.org and click. Unlike living in New York, it is that easy. WBAI has spoken up for New Yorkers for more than 60 years. Now, it's time to speak up for WBAI. Go to WBAI.org to support radio you can trust. Give to WBAI. Be heard. So we are right here at the very end of 2022. And that is an important point, a point I want to drive home to everybody who is kind enough to join us here on Driving Forces today. This radio station is a 501c3 nonprofit. That means your gift is tax deductible. There is still time to give. Go to WBAI.org and click on the big green button to support the Tower Fund. You can't miss it, but you can help us keep this station going. It is really true what I said in that message a moment ago, it cost us $17,000 a month to pay the rent on our broadcast tower at four times square and keep our signal on the FM airwaves. Your generous gift is how we stay on the air. We do not take big checks from big corporations. We don't get a ton of government money. We aren't funded by politicians and they don't tell us what to tell you. We rely on real New Yorkers like you to protect free speech radio. So you can go to WBAI.org to give in any amount you choose. You can give one time or you can become a WBAI buddy and help us every month. Just with the click of your mouse, I have done it. Jeff has done it. Lots of us have done it. Please do it. A lot of us at this station, by the way, are volunteers. I don't know if you knew that. 
We give our time to WBAI because we believe New York needs and deserves great, independent, free speech radio. So you can do your part by going to WBAI.org and lending a hand today. That is WBAI.org. And if you like what you're hearing on Driving Forces, if you like having guests who mix it up, like Herson Barrero, if you like having your elected officials, if you like having experts in public policy and politics and elections and campaign financing and health and prisons and all these different issues. If you like to have a radio station that takes on the big topics and goes beyond the headlines, become a WBAI buddy. Only takes a minute. Just go to WBAI.org. You set up a recurring donation in the name of the show which we would love, or another show that you like. Perhaps it's City Watch. Perhaps it's Democracy Now. Perhaps it's Reggie's show You know, from the soundboard. It could be any program, but you know, a program that means something to you. You set up a recurring donation, just set it and forget it, and you are contributing to free speech, independent community radio right here in the greatest city in the world. Your help keeps WBAI, the kind of vibrant community radio New Yorkers have supported for more than 60 years. Please consider becoming a BAI buddy to help keep our signal on the air. We really want to thank you for your support. It only takes a minute. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. Your gift is tax deductible. Take the write-off. Support radio take the right off. I mean, come on. Those are like, that's like chocolate and peanut butter goes together, right? Like New York and politics goes together, sometimes a little squishily, but still WBAI.org. And Reggie, anything that you want to tell people about why they should help us out and support this station, you can uh, jump right in here at any time. Oh, you're giving me the opportunity to say something? Okay. Do All it. Right. Well, Do it. <laughs> well I, I think what is important is that, you know, there's going to be various of opinions espoused through these airwaves on a, any given moment. You know, some things that you agree, some things that you will disagree. And that is the beauty of what free speech is supposed to be about. It's not necessarily agreeing with everything it's the idea that you can listen to different points of views that is so that what makes it invaluable that what makes wbai so invaluable so with everything that you just said celeste the number to call to show your support is 212-209-2950 or go to give to wbai.org back to you Thank you, Reggie. And Reggie Johnson, by the way, our stalwart engineer the whole time that I've been on WBAI uh, as a co-host of Driving Forces, worked with him many other times on other programs. Uh, Reggie Johnson, also a host here on the on the program. So check out his show here on WBAI. But as he said, the place to go, WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 to help. 212-209-2950. Five zero. Remember, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. You can still get in your donation in any amount under the deadline. And if you uh, make a donation of, I believe, $25 or more, that makes you a member of the station. That means you can participate in the future of WBAI. You don't just, uh, you don't just have to be a listener. You can become almost like a shareholder, a member, you know, make decisions, cast votes that decide the future of free speech, independent, non-commercial radio 
in New York City, WBAI.org. I just want to send out a personal thanks to everybody who has helped uh, make this show fun and exciting and interesting all year long. And for the past four years, certainly want to thank my co-host Jeff Simmons for pulling me into this station, for uh, helping me uh, get more involved and to uh, have these conversations with you every week and I will certainly be appearing more in the new year. Jeff will be back with us in the new year as well. I want to thank our engineer Reggie Johnson and of course our special guest today political commentator Herson Barrero. Uh, most of all I want to thank you our listeners and our callers. We couldn't do it without you or we could but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun so we are definitely not going to try that. Thank you so much for being part of the WBAI family in 2022 and in 2023 and beyond. If you missed any part of the show you can hear it in full by subscribing to Driving Forces via Apple, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This has been Driving Forces with Celeste Katz-Marston. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Now stay tuned to WBAI for more great programming. Happy New Year and see you on the radio.